Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Grigor Dimitrov, and you're listening to the Aegon Championship Tennis Podcast. interrupted frustrating Saturday but Murray's still alive and Miles McLaggen thinks he'll come through as he's done so often he'll find a way to get the right result Jose Mourinho was back to watch Murray and afterwards in our exclusive interview he showed us his softer side um, I have to say a couple of tears for, for Andy when he won Wimbledon we'll review the day look at the weather forecast Milos Raonic will take the Moet Moment challenge and Catherine and I will find out which of us is the biggest tennis fan it's the Aegon Championships tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph Hello and welcome to the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. It is semi-finals day here at the Queen's Club, but a little bit of frustration for the ticket holders today because they got to see one good match between Kevin Anderson and Gilles Simon, which went the distance. Anderson winning in three sets, but Andy Murray and Viktor Trojicki delayed by rain. At three games all in the opening set. My name is David Law. Alongside me is Catherine Whitaker. And now we come back tomorrow, Catherine, on Sunday at the earlier time of 11 o'clock in the morning to resume that Murray against Trojicki match, which was just bubbling up nicely when the heavens opened. It certainly was. It's a real shame. I bet Andy Murray and Victor Trojicki are uh, hating Gilles Simon now for clinching that second set against Anderson. If only Anderson could have got through that one in straight sets, possibly there would have been enough time to get their match played, or at least a lot, a lot more of it. So... Uh, so cursing Gilles Simon tonight, how dare he steal a set in that semi-final. Um, it was bubbling along nicely. There's a bit of needle between those two. Unfortunately, there was a bit of an injury to Viktor Trojicki. Very difficult to know exactly what that was. I think he thought he had actually dislocated his shoulder. It turned out he hadn't, I think, as the shock wore off a bit. He, it became apparent that he did have movement there, but surely that's going to stiffen up overnight, even if he even if he didn't pop it, surely, and given that he's got a two-handed backhand, surely that's going to be an issue tomorrow. It's certainly going to be a bit sore, isn't it, at the very least. The one thing I do think, though, is I think sometimes when you go down hard like that, the shock can be part of the problem. Absolutely, and I think that was 90% of the problem then. It, It was nowhere near as bad as he feared it was when he first went down, but I think even after the shock wore off, there was definitely still something you don't react in that way if something hasn't gone wrong. So, I mean, it, it looked in the in the immediate aftermath like there was just no way that match could continue. I mean, he, he thought he'd popped his popped his shoulder out of the socket. I mean, that's dramatic stuff. So, um, certainly nowhere near as bad as initially feared, but, I mean, I, I can't believe it's not going to have some impact somewhere. 
it looked for a while as though Gilles Simon was going to do another one of his incredible escape acts, didn't it? Because he went to set down against Kevin Anderson, huge serve, big forehand, dominating the match, and then Gilles Simon just gradually grew into the match once more and, and made it a real fight. And the crowd was starting to get behind him, weren't they? Yeah, huge credit to Kevin Anderson, actually, um, that he came through that one. Because once Gilles Simon's got a second... I mean, Gilles Simon seems to like losing the first set. It seems to make him more likely to win the match, even. So uh, to keep his level head uh, and come through that match, uh, I think he did very well indeed, actually. Because I was certainly, after that second set, picking Simon to go on and win it. There was one wonderful moment with our special guest, Jose Mourinho, who you'll be hearing here very shortly here on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast in association with The Telegraph, when a wonderful forehand passing shot was hit by Gilles Simon and he looked over at Jose Mourinho, the Chelsea manager. He eyeballed Mourinho and Mourinho just nonchalantly nodded. And I thought, yeah, there's a little bit of a connection there and, and Mourinho's just starting to get into the head of Simon and trying to get behind him a little bit and there was a little bit of inspiration but it didn't quite work out. Do you think Mourinho was supporting Simon then? I do yeah. Interesting because when I asked Simon yesterday his feelings for Mourinho he didn't say anything outspoken but there was a little twinkle in his eye that suggested shall we say that he might not be a Chelsea fan. <laughs> Maybe not there's, there's, a, there's plenty who are not there's plenty who are of course if you are one good for you. Anyway, I spoke to your manager today and actually I thought he was good fun to talk to and, and very, very interesting. You really did give a, an insight into the mentality of champions and, and it's quite clear that he wants to swap notes with Andy Murray. So that's perhaps a meeting of minds further down the road. You'll be hearing from Jose Mourinho very soon. Now we are live at the Queen's Club, West London. This is the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast in association with The Telegraph. Now, Catherine Whitaker, I have a new challenge for you. Let's see if you can beat me at something. I don't think you can. One of the sponsors of this tournament, BNP Paribas, has joined forces with John McEnroe, four times a champion here, to launch the We Are Tennis Fan Academy, which aims to find the world's most passionate tennis supporters. They do this by getting people to record 15-second videos, which show why they should be considered the ultimate fan. You can submit the videos online at wearetennis.com or if you're on site at Queen's, got a ticket on the finals day, you can go to the BNP Paribas booth. Now, the top 100 British and French fans chosen in this video selection will go before John McEnroe for a video interview where he'll test your fandom. John McEnroe! Imagine that. Now, the question is, Catherine Whitaker, who is the biggest fan out of you and me? That's what I want to know. Make your case. Well, I am, David. However, I'm not sure I would like to be making the case in front of John McEnroe. That sounds like the most nerve-wracking thing imaginable. Um, however, I do have a very strong case. Um, wow, you're making me go first. You always make me go first with the tricky ones. Well, do, do you know what happens as well? If people submit their 15-second videos and get chosen for the 100-person shortlist from Britain and the 100-person shortlist for France, you get to go to the... into a selection process where you actually meet John McEnroe via video link. He then selects the top 50 for either country, and then those 50 get to sit courtside at the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas match between Britain and France at the Queen's Club. And they go, get to go bananas. 
for three days. Can you imagine how confused John McEnroe would be if you or I popped up in his <laughs> in his shortlist of videos? Can you imagine his face? I hope we'd win if we did. Anyway, Let's make our case. Well, my case is, I mean, where do I start? I took, I first camped out at Wimbledon when I was 16 years old and uh, we didn't take a tent. So I quite literally slept on the street in a sleeping bag, no tent. Uh, so that's... I. That's quite good. Pretty hardcore. Uh, then next year, I went. I camped out twice. Uh, managed to cajole two sets of friends to come with me. One set did not enjoy it at all, but I was determined to uh, to make it happen. Uh, and then I worked in the ball store as a glorious, glorified, not glorious, definitely not glorious, glorified ball girl for two years just because I wanted to be there. And I really was. My job was to go up to tennis players on practice courts with a bin bag and saying, can I have your balls, please? I would suggest that that was not a glorified ball girl at all. That was nowhere near as good as a ball girl. I was a sub ball girl, yeah, but they dressed me in a ball girl at the age of 19. It was... Hugely undignified. Um, my nickname at university was Tennis Kathy. Beat that. Your nickname at university wasn't Tennis David, was it? It was Tall David, maybe, or... I'm not telling you my nicknames. Okay, well, mine was Tennis Kathy. Uh, I took two weeks off. I hope none of my old teachers are listening to this, because I took two weeks off during my AS levels to watch Wimbledon. I was revising at home in front of the tennis. A likely story. But uh, I took two weeks off to watch the tennis... And, uh, I mean, what, what, what more do you want? I mean, is that enough ammunition? Did you pass your exams? Flying colours, David, of course. I'm a good multitasker. Well, that's where I beat, you see. Because I did A-levels and I failed them in the name of tennis, if you don't mind. I sat up all night watching Jimmy Connors against Aaron Crickstein in 1991 to four in the morning. And I couldn't get up for my exams the next day, so I missed them. See? Now that is proper fandom. Sounds like stupidity rather than fandom. Sitting here, aren't I, working in tennis? Something went right. Yes, I'm sure that's what your parents thought at the time, David. Yes, they were utterly disgusted, I have to say. Now, you said you slept on the streets with no tent. Did you sleep, though? That is the question. Did Did you sleep overnight, all night long? Oh, yeah, overnight, all night. I don't think we got any sleep. I repeat, we were just on the pavement. Did you see tennis the next day? Uh, yes, we did. We did see tennis the next day. And once again, I one-up you no problem at all because I slept on the pavement for four straight days. I didn't see a ball hit because it rained every single day. And I saw, in fact, I saw one knock-up between Cedric Pearlene and Byron Black. Two minutes of tennis, four days of queuing in a tent. I win. Okay, well, my secret Santa gift from my friends for my... No, it was my 18th birthday gift from my friends was a John McEnroe signed tennis ball, which was definitely a fake because it was bought on eBay. Uh, But at the time, I was delighted with it. Well, I think we should let our Twitter followers decide this. At Tennis Podcast, who's the biggest fan out of Catherine and myself? That's the question we want to know. And don't forget, you can submit your applications if you do so by June the 26th on wearetennis.com. Who knows, you could be selected by John McEnroe. So tomorrow, Catherine, everything starts at 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. And it involves Andy Murray against Viktor Trojicki in that resumed semi-final. And then, not before 2.25 on the centre court, it is going to be the winner of that match against Kevin Anderson in the singles final. Court one will hold the remaining doubles semi-final. And then the, re- the resulting doubles final will be played third. 
after the singles final. So that one could be a little bit later on, but basically second after 2.25 on the centre court. So lots to look forward to if you've got a ticket for finals day or if you're going to just camp out in front of the television. You've got a cracking day in store. Frustrating day, of course, for anybody with semi-final tickets today. It happens. It's frustrating when you don't get any or as much play as you certainly hope that you would get. But hopefully the weather will be better tomorrow. Certainly the weather forecast looks decent, Catherine. It looks decent if unspectacular, but all we want is a rain-free day. So in that context, it looks blooming marvellous. What we can't do at the moment is play Challenge Catherine because we don't know who's in the final. So what we're going to do, Catherine, is on Twitter tomorrow, at Tennis Podcast, following that first men's or the second men's semi-final between Murray and Troitschke, we're going to find out what you think of the final. I would point out, though, that if uh, if Andy Murray comes through against Victor Troitschke, I believe that my lead is, as they say, unassailable. Legends of Queens. Andy Roddick. I think any place where you have great memories is always going to hold a special place in your heart. But you know everything about this this club and the you know even the the narrow hallways and the the tradition and you know the way they kind of celebrate their their past champions here and you know to be a small part of that is a is a pretty great feeling. After McEnroe, Connors, Agassi, and Sampras, America. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with Legends of the Game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. America was searching for a new star. Along came a teenager from Nebraska with the fastest serve in the world. Roddick won his first title at the Queen's Club in 2003. His first of three in a row and four in total. Here's John Barrett. Uh, He was a great, great competitor. Wonderful server. And he had absolute confidence in it. 
absolute. I mean, he would thunder down a big serve when he needed it, effortlessly, it seemed. He had a very good mind in a, in a tennis match, did Andy Roddick. He would work out that if he could hold every service game, then somewhere along the line, a chance would come along for a break. And he would go for his returns hard and just wait for that moment. He wasn't afraid to win either. He was a champion. He's been a regular here at the Queen's Club all week, sitting courtside, and after his latest visit to watch Andy Murray in action, the Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho spoke exclusively to the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast. Well, Jose, you've been a regular here the last few days. I take it you you like your tennis? Yeah, I like my tennis, and uh, I'm still in London. My holiday starts Monday, so I'm still in London. It's a big chance to come. Ten minutes from, from my house... Some of the best of the best players and a tournament with a lot of uh, tradition and uh, so happy to come. What is it about tennis that you like? I like everything. Unfortunately, I'm not a I'm not a top player, but good enough to enjoy with with some friends and with my with my kids. But uh, I admire them a lot and I think I, I, I'm always trying to learn with, uh, with other sports and I think by the psychological point of view an individual sport like, like tennis where uh, every ball, every detail can make a difference in, in the game and uh, I'm used to say that in tennis they are taking penalty shootout all day, you know every ball is, a, is like for us a a top decision so they have to be really strong and I always say in my sports sometimes we hide behind each other uh, we can always find excuses for uh, for our um, in success and in, in in this case tennis is is phenomenal because the boys they have to be really strong you mentioned uh, you like to learn about other sports funny enough we were talking to Andy Murray yesterday after he met with you and he was saying one day he would love to speak to you and learn a little bit from you. Yeah, that's why I, 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 I really love to, to speak with them and with, uh, with other sports. Because sometimes when, when we get top level in our own sport, there is almost a limit for us to, to learn more about it. And we have many times to try to go to, to other sports and to try to make some transfers about... Uh, what they do, what they are, the way they train, and uh, I think he's. I'm not saying that he has something to learn with me because obviously he hasn't. But uh, I think he's an intelligent approach from from all of us to try to make some transfers from from other sports. Can I ask what is it like for you as a spectator watching somebody like Andy Murray? I remember when I was at the US Open when Andy Murray won the US Open Sir Alex Ferguson was in the crowd at the time Mm -hmm. and I got to speak to him just after Andy Murray won his first Grand Slam title and he said to me I was more nervous watching that than I am watching my own team do you get wrapped up in it? Yeah it's true there are some 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 moments when you feel some connection with especially when you feel some connection with with some players there are some moments where uh, uh, you are in the game, but we are in the game, but we don't play the game. Everything is out of our hands. In in football, 
a few things are, are in our hands and and also the fact that we managers we can communicate openly with the players and with the game it looks like we are playing the game too uh, tennis uh, is a bit different uh, the communication is not open i think i think they have to find some some little codes some little looks to try to pass some information but that open communication that keeps you in the game all the time in tennis is is more difficult so I'm happy that I'm not a tennis coach because it would be really difficult for me. Who's your favorite player? I'm friend with with Rafa for a long, long time. Uh, uh, I coach his um, his uncle many years ago in Barcelona. I know Rafa since he was a kid. Uh, I have great feelings for him, obviously. And yeah, I met him in US a long time ago. Uh, he was coming to Cowan training grounds when he was recovering from his surgery um, Radek Stepanek now in, in the end of his career but I'm always close to, to Radek so you have obviously some special feelings with some of the guys but you know I admire them a lot and uh, so so many amazing players now in the path in my youth I'm coming from the times of Connors and Borg and uh, Lendl so I love the game and uh, I admire really all the big guys from the past and and obviously the big guys from now but even the ones that are outside the top 20 to top 30 I'm always trying to to push a little bit for them because um, you know it's an amazing career all of them I can imagine really difficult career for all of them for sure but um, they love the game so if they love it wonderful career Two final points. One, we speak during a rain delay at the moment. Andy Murray's halfway through his semi-final. Do you think he's going to win? Do you think he's going to win the title? Do you think he's going to win Wimbledon? Well, I think this guy, Kevin Anderson, his service is absolutely amazing. And I think he's in the final he will be fighting for for the, for the final victory for sure. Trotsky is playing well. I think in the end of the day, Andy will will be in the final. But I think Trotsky is a difficult opponent for him. And um, Wimbledon is Wimbledon. Uh, all the big guns are there. And, you know, five sets, a marathon almost every day. Physically, psychologically, every detail will make a difference. Um, I have to say a couple of tears for, for Andy when he won Wimbledon for sure because it was something that obviously meant more than than anything in his career. You shed a couple of tears for him? Yeah, because I, 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 I could imagine that for him was something from, from another world. Uh, I think he would change Wimbledon victory for other 10 uh, victories in other, in other Grand Slams. He's, he's, he's more than... Is more than a game. Is more than a tournament. Is a break, a psychological wall that that was there for every British person that loves the game. So I think that day was for sure the best day in his in his career, and uh, I, I I share I share that that happiness from from where I was, and uh, let's see if he can do it again. But uh, I repeat, the big guns are all there. Is one of them, but all of them will be there fighting for a, a magic moment. Well, it's fascinating stuff listening to Jose Mourinho, isn't it? 
wouldn't you just like to be a fly on the wall if and when Andy Murray and Mourinho do get in a room and share notes? Now, Milos Raonic didn't have things all his own way on the court this week, going out to Gilles Simon in the quarters. But let's see how he did in our Moet Moment Challenge. Milos Raonic, your Aegon Championship Moet Moment Challenge starts now. Who won the Aegon Championships here at Queen's in 2014? Vyra Dimitrov. Correct. Who won it two years ago? Marin Church. Andy Murray. How many Grand Slam titles Andy Murray won? Two. Correct. Which former Wimbledon champion did Nick Kyrgios beat at Wimbledon last year? Nadal. Correct. When did Boris Becker win his first Wimbledon? 85. Correct. When you win your biggest title, what will you drink to celebrate? Moe. Correct. How old was Leighton Hewitt when he won at Queen's for the first time? 20. 19. How many times was Andy Roddick beaten in the Wimbledon final? Three. Correct. How many Queen's titles did Tim Henman win? Two. None. Which two players who are playing at Queen's this week reached the Wimbledon semi-finals for the first time last year? Myself and Grigor. Correct. And finally, what was the score in the fifth set between John Isner and Nicholas Mahout at Wimbledon? 70-68. Correct. Well, that was Milos Raonic in Moet Moments. Now, on finals day at the Aegon Championships, Andy Murray really has his work cut out. He has to win two matches in a single day if he's to win his fourth, a record-equaling fourth, Aegon Championships title. So surely Kevin Anderson has the edge in this one, doesn't he? He only needs to win one match. Here's Andy's former coach, Miles McLaggen. He does have a big advantage. He's played uh, a very good match, a very tight match against Gilles Simon. Nice for him to go home, not only physically relaxed, but mentally relaxed, knowing that, that he's there tomorrow. Whereas these two, uh, Murray and Troitsky, have got two matches to think about, uh, a little bit on edge, uh, had a little bit of a unique experience. It's very rare that players uh, will play two singles matches in a day. So that is uh, yeah, one, in, uh, one tick in Kevin's column. What do you think of Andy Murray's chances now of coming through against Viktor Trojicki? His head-to-head is supreme, 6-0. I think it's highly likely that he'll come through. He created a few chances, which he didn't quite, uh, uh, which he didn't take in, in, the, uh, in the few games that we saw. But I think he's, uh, he's superior in a lot of areas of the game. I think, uh, I think in a lot of ways they're, they're from a similar mould in terms of the way they move. They're very solid on that backhand side. And I just think... Uh, that uh, as he's done so often, he'll find a way to, to get the right result. Let's assume he does. If he plays against Kevin Anderson, just just break that down as a matchup. Well, clearly Kevin's been serving phenomenally well this week. Hasn't didn't face a break point in three sets against Gilles Simon today, which is phenomenal. Andy's job will be to make as many returns as he can, just to feel big serving, just make Anderson feel a little more pressure that he's got to play some more points on a serve, that he's not rolling through those games as quickly as he can, to make him just think that a bit of pressure that if he misses the first serve, the second serve is, is going to count but um, and, and also on his own serve to, to also roll through his games as simply as possible to shift that whole balance of pressure Who's going to win this match? This this title, Miles? Oh, I, I, I mean, if I had to bet, I'd go with Andy Murray. I, you know, spent enough time with him seen around that, that you've got to be, you know, to bet against him is, is not a comfortable place. And I think uh, uh, it'll be tough for him, but it's, it's also great preparation. He wants, he desperately wants to win this tournament. I know he told me in the past when he, when he won it, it was one of the most satisfying experiences of his career. Um, but it also really set him up for, for what's coming in the grass court season. 
season. Well, you'll be able to find out how Andy Murray gets along on Sunday in the semi-finals and then potentially in the final. All starts at 11 o'clock with the semis and then the final not before 2.25pm. Follow the action on BBC Television, online and on radio and also on Eurosport. This has been the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. 